Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want me to work for my interview? Will do. Background. I mostly work in a niche-ish area of law called discovery. Basically, when someone starts a legal proceeding, each party gets to ask other parties for certain documents relevant to the case. Sometimes parties refuse to produce certain documents because of reasons like attorney-client privilege. I argue why my client's documents are properly withheld or the other side's documents are improperly withheld. One day, I see a job board post from a local law firm looking for a research slash writing position with required experience in discovery disputes. This raises a red flag for two reasons. First, local law firms normally do not need to hire full-time R&W people because up to 95% of that firm's cases are very similar, i.e. a personal injury firm normally only handles personal injury cases. So keeping a full-time researcher is not worthwhile when all of your cases are basically the same. When these local firms need something researched, they either just do it themselves or pay someone else for a few hours of work. Second, this local firm hired a friend of mine by telling them, start here, work hard, and move up to a senior associate in a few years before promptly letting them go after a few busy months. So I go ahead and send my resume over and get scheduled for an interview pretty quickly. During the interview, I gave them a fairly high salary ask, which they agreed to almost instantly. It's a trap.jpg. Then the partner hits me with the following and says, we ask all candidates to provide a writing sample before the final interview. And I say, sure thing. I thought I attached one to the application, but let me grab my phone and double check. And they say, oh, not that writing sample. That's too generic for evaluation. Here's a legal question that we want you to research. And I say, I see. More than happy to do that at an hourly rate. And he says, it should be fairly quick work. No other candidate has asked us for writing sample compensation. And this makes it seem like you won't be a team player. If you aren't interested in the position, just tell us. And I say, let me think about it. So I go home and search a couple of local court dockets, and wouldn't you know it, this firm is involved in a case with a hearing set on exactly the discovery question they want me to produce a free writing sample on. Hehehehe, <laughs> I send an email back saying, sure thing, I will make the writing sample, as long as it guarantees consideration for the R&W position. They say yes, I write a fantastic memo and send it in. A few weeks go by, and I email asking for an update on the final interview. No response. And then I check that court docket, and wouldn't you know it, they straight up copy-pasted parts of my memo in the response. I send a demand letter for payment plus fees. No response. I file a lawsuit for fraud. Oh baby, then I got a response. A frothy, salty response. Frothalty. I got called some names. They went on and on about how I was going to lose, and after I lost, how they were going to counter sue me. 
I said, sounds good, can't wait to lose. I guess you did hire a full-time R&W attorney. I mean, it would be like baby town frolics easy to win if you never hired for that position. Actually, it would be even easier if you never had even had a final interview for this spot. I'm sure you aren't that dumb though. I got the check 30 days later. And now in the comments, I like your style. The only interview I had that asked me to do some actual work presented me with a long closed case, and the work they asked for was simply to determine if I actually knew the matter or if I claimed I knew it well, but actually had to spend hours researching just to be able to argue simple points about it. It didn't take me more than a page to complete it. Your story is a legal version of, enter this contest, submit your idea for our logo, we will use the best one and the winner will get a lollipop. And OP replies, Honestly, I love lollipops. They really could have bought me off with some nice lollipops. Seize candy lollipops? I'm dropping the suit. You joke, but I still get my vaccines at a place that also has a pediatrician, both because nurses are used to giving vaccines to kids, so it hurts less, and because I get a lollipop on my way out. No shame. And OP replies, we talking straight stick lollipops with paper wrapping or you stick lollipops with plastic film? I like that you asked this question and I appreciate your lollipop knowledge. I don't understand how lawyers think that they could trick another lawyer by breaking the law. I mean, I know idiots can be lawyers, but damn. I had to give a disposition in a case involving an accident where I worked involving a customer. They waited until just before the deadline passed to sue us. Our attorney told me that that was a common tactic. The longer you delay, the more likely people leave jobs or that they remember details. I remembered it very well since it was so bizarre and it was the very first time that I handled an accident as a manager. I took a lot of notes, did an incredible amount of fact finding and got highly detailed statements from everyone involved. When I was getting questioned by the other side's lawyer, he was incredibly inept. I was making him look like a fool. It was like arguing with a child. It really was. Whenever he tried to twist my words or get me in a gotcha moment, I was able to throw it right back in his face. I was amazed at how terrible he was at his job. Afterwards, our attorney was almost giddy. He said the other two people that the other lawyer had with him were senior lawyers babysitting him and they were doing actual face palms. They know the case was weak as water and that they hoped that we would settle. I asked him what happened next and he said they would try to settle and that he would refuse and say let's go to trial. They didn't have a chance in hell in court and they both knew it. He said the attorney of record would be the new guy. He was a sacrificial goat and got the case so that the others would not get saddled with a loss. He said that they had dug up dirt on a woman who claimed that she was the accident victim that proved she was a con artist. She had been scamming companies for many years under multiple aliases all over the country. They were going to send it to the DA and try to have her indicted for fraud. Unexposed is titled, Automated My Useless Boss Out of Her Job. This happened a few years ago. I was a data and reporting analyst and did all the ad hoc reports for the company. My boss, we'll call her Kerry, was useless. She was one of these people that was always late, left early, and took days off at short notice. The only thing of value she did was all the regular reports, sales, revenue, etc. We suspected that she got away with it because she was having an affair with her boss, we'll call him Stuart. 
our CEO was a fairly decent bloke. He would look for ways to cut costs and would regularly pay bonuses for the best cost-saving initiatives. Kerry was very keen to submit ideas and encouraged us all to automate our tasks so she could try and take the credit for the savings. On one of her skive days, which coincidentally Stuart was sick as well, the CEO was desperate for the sales report my boss does. I said that I'd give it a look and see if I could get it done. Normally, she would spend two to three days doing it each week, but the CEO wanted it that afternoon. A quick inspection of the data showed that it would quite easily be automated, so I knocked up the necessary script and got it over to the CEO, who was super impressed that not only had I got it done in a couple of hours, but also that it could be updated whenever he needed it. He also asked if I could look at the revenue, churn, and a couple of other reports. Over that afternoon, I automated everything my boss did. Both Carrie and Stuart were back in the next day, but were immediately summoned to the CEO's office before being suspended and sent home. It turns out the CEO knew that they were having an affair, and all the times they were sick or late, or had to leave early, was so they could sneak off and have sex. He had not done anything about it because of how important these reports were. Now that they were automated, he was able to get them suspended and later fired for gross misconduct for all the time they had taken off. I also got a nice bonus out of it. TLDR, my useless boss encouraged us to automate our work, so I automated all of her tasks and the CEO fired her for it. And now in the comments, I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is that I've automated the sales report and revenue report using bots, but the bad news is that the sales report bot is now having an affair with the revenue report bot. <laughs> but really, the best part of the story was that the CEO recognized your work and gave you a bonus, which saved him a buttload of money for two employees. It'd be nice if companies actually gave bonuses anywhere close to the value of the savings. Even if he got like a $10,000 bonus, it's probably pennies compared to the hundreds of thousands of dollars saved from firing those two. Our next post is titled, The city wanted me to take better care of my gardens, so I had them approved by the local Nature Conservation Association. My house is surrounded by two gardens, one in the front facing the street and one in the back, bordering my neighbor's gardens. When my parents and grandparents moved into our house 26 years ago, they planted a thick hedge around the entire property. They also installed a rose arch over the pathway to our front door, and my grandfather was always busy keeping up the garden, planting, weeding, keeping everything very tidy. My grandfather died in 2002, and after that, the garden was neglected for a few years as my parents were still working and my brother and I were in university and school. But then, circa 2005, my mom read something that we should plant stuff to help the bees, and she took over the gardens, planting lilac, rhododendron, roses, and various berries. Later, we decided to actually install raised garden beds with various kitchen herbs. My mom is now over 70 years old and has officially given the house over to my brother and me so that we won't be taxed on inheriting it when she dies. Since then, I've been sporadically taking care of the gardens. I like them in their wild shape with all the birds, bees, bumblebees, and butterflies flying around. In autumn, we get hedgehogs, and we've been visited by a fox recently, which sent my cats into a panic. 
And then recently, we received a letter from the city stating that our garden was interfering with the safety of the street because the hedge was overgrowing the pavement and contained poisonous berries which were a danger to children. Now, you see, my brother trims the hedge every month to make sure that nothing is overgrowing the pavement in any way. And while the berries are poisonous, to get to them, you'd have to be quite resilient because they are surrounded by thorns. They are also known to be ideal food for some local birds. So I contacted our local nature conservation association and asked if they would like to have a look at our gardens and maybe tell us if we could improve anything to make them even more nature friendly. They came, looked around, and then told us they rarely see gardens so in touch with nature. They approved our gardens as especially nature-friendly and contacted the city to tell them that from their point of view, any changes would be considered unfriendly to nature. And since our city prides itself with once being one of the green capitals in our country, they had to budge. Don't mess with my gardens. And now in the comments, there was a guy in one of the suburbs near me that had a similar approach. He let all the native plants grow wild around his house because he liked living near nature. His neighbors complained to local council that it was unsightly and a fire hazard. The council sent him notices to trim it all back and clean it up, and he refused them all. The council set a date that they would come and remove all trees, plants, and shrubs, and charge him for the cost involved. He contacted a local environmental agency that came and inspected his property, and they found two species of endangered birds had nested there. One was assumed extinct. After that, there was nothing they could do as the birds were protected by law. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Our next post is titled, You Want to Make Things Fair? I'll show you fair. So a couple of weeks ago, my kids and their neighbors decided to have a bake sale. We lived in a tourist area with high foot traffic and the kids make a killing. I tell the kids that I ought to charge them for the labor. I said that I'd help bake and ingredients so they would learn the concept of net gains. But instead, I'll donate to their cause and to just bring me back the money that I lent them to make change. I love seeing the kids be entrepreneurial, work so hard, and get excited at their success. After a couple of hours, the neighbor's son decides he's bored and wants to go home. So he tells my kid, when you're done, come by and deliver half the money. Mine says, hey, that's not fair. If you're leaving, we should split the money now. Mind you, the bulk of their sales was my baking. The neighbor kid gets super pissed. But mine sticks to their guns. They split the money and the kid leaves in a half. Mine comes in a few hours later, having lugged home all the gear and cleaned up, annoyed that the neighbor's kid got annoyed at them. Then I get a knock on the door. It's the neighbor's mum with the kid who is still pouting. The mum's holding a receipt. Mum explains that they purchased a bunch of stuff for the bake sale and it cost a lot of money. And it's not fair that my kid is making money off of their stuff and that they should be compensated for what they purchased. The receipt lists a bunch of items that I immediately see they didn't use. 
like two boxes of cereal when they used one, napkins that I'd ended up providing, but whatever. And never mind that her son went home early and left mine to clean up. And never mind that I'd been churning out batches of cookies all morning. I'm irked that they have taken what was a fun, cheerful day of kids making money hand over fist and shown up at my door making me engage in a super awkward conversation because they assumed their kid can't be wrong. So I say of course and fetch my receipts. I sit down and in front of them and out loud, calculate the cost of lemonade and cups used. I calculate the cost of flour, sugar, chocolate chips, vanilla, and butter per batch of cookies, multiplied by the number of batches made, and I tossed in the baking soda for free. So generous, I know, right? I even subtract the value of leftover cookies. Did I mention I make a lot of cookies? The neighbor kid has to fork over $23. They got pretty quiet all of a sudden. I then thanked the lady for making sure things were fair and offered her a plate of cookies to take home. She declined. The end. And now in the comments, I, a dad, was the adult for a car wash run by a figure skating club, taking place in a parking lot for a mall. After about an hour, some of the kids want to go to the food court and get a drink, so I say sure, just don't forget to come back. Some came back with drinks after a few minutes, but the rest were like back in about an hour. I then wrote up a timesheet of who was where and when, and divided up the money collected to whose bursary would receive what. Some parents were not so happy with me, but the coaches were looking at me like I am some dad superhero. Yeah, quite a few years ago, back in the 90s, my neighbor moved into my complex with her 11-year-old son. He was a great kid, smart, probably a little bit too smart frankly, and thought that he had the upper hand in all things. I offered him $6 to wash my car. I would drive it to the end of the parking lot to the spigot and come back afterwards and pay him. He came to me shortly after I left the car and asked me if his friend could help him. I said, sure, no problem. He said, so you'll pay him $6 as well? And I said, why would I pay $12 to have you both wash my car? If you're going to subcontract him, you have to pay him out of what I paid you. He was absolutely stunned. It was a hard lesson learned that day. Unex post is titled, Oh, is that what I said? So at the old company that I used to work at, I had a coworker who would consistently push their work onto me and then claim that they did the work. They'd volunteer me for late shifts and then would basically say, it's cause you're still new, you need more practice. At some point over the three months working there, I got really annoyed at consistently writing their copy for them and them taking the credit and they'd consistently attribute it to being new coolies. One evening when I was packing to go home, they came in and gave me a 10 page setup and said that I needed to write copy for all the assets before I left. I was annoyed. It was a Friday night, I made plans and I wanted to leave. So I told him that I had plans, and he said again, you're new, I'm doing you a favor. This is how you'll learn what it takes to lead a team, and then he left. So I started making errors. Nothing too hectic, i.e. we were running a competition, and the poster was meant to say, stand a chance to win your share of $1 million worth of prizes. So I wrote, stand a chance to win $1 million. Huge legal issue, cause false claims, and company could be sued, etc. 
So this person took the work as usual and published it the following morning. He didn't bother reading anything at all, he copied and pasted and that was that. Monday morning comes and I got called to the MD's office. He told them that I'd written the copy and I'd made the mistakes etc, only for the MD to scold him for being incompetent and not doing his job and pushing it on an intern, and then also not reading before he posted. P.S. The MD saw the posts like 10 hours after they'd been posted and lost it. She called marketing and told them to pull all the posts down. Small victory, but never asked me to do any of his work again after that. And now in the comments, I like how the MD saw right through this lazy clown's baloney and called him on it. Yes, I like that a lot. It's one thing to delegate because of seniority, it's another to put your name on work that you don't even read and then submit for mass distribution. Quote, he didn't bother reading anything at all, he copied and pasted and that was that. Stupid dum-dum forgot that you can delegate tasks, but you cannot delegate responsibility. Greater leadership lesson right there. I once had a boss who would call me into a pre-meeting before we were supposed to brainstorm ideas for the coming marketing and incentives campaigns. In the actual meeting, with sales and company execs, he would present all of my ideas as his own. When I called him on it after the meeting, he said that that was just how business worked. We're a team and these are our team's ideas. His technique took the steam out of any notion I had that I would advance at that company. So I started looking elsewhere. Just as I had accepted a new position, he got drunk at a company function, crashed his company car, on the way to his girlfriend's house, and died. The girlfriend spoke at his funeral. His wife and kids walked out. It was a bit of a spectacle. The company then offered me a modest raise if I would stay, but not the manager's job. I am so glad that I'm out of that cesspool of a marketing team. Alright, and that's where I'm going to finish today's episode, guys. I do hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.